Have you ever wished you could just bottle up this podcast and be able to reference your favorite nuggets whenever you need them? That's exactly why I wrote Parenting with Pride. It's filled with all of the stories, tools, and wisdom of Just Breathe, plus so much more. I cannot wait to get this book to you, and it will be available to ship on May 14th. But you can pre-order it now on your favorite online bookstore or click the link in the show notes. If you have a favorite independent bookstore nearby, ask them to order it. It is perfect for their Pride Month campaign. As much as I love bringing you this podcast, this book, Parenting with Pride, Unlearn Bias and Embrace, Empower and Love Your LGBTQ Teen is next level. Part instruction manual, part warm hug. It is what every parent, ally and open-minded curious listener needs. Order it today. Welcome to Just Breathe. Parenting Your LGBTQ Teen, the podcast transforming the conversation around loving and raising an LGBTQ child. Filled with awesome guests, practical strategies, and moving stories, host Heather Hester always makes you feel like you're having a cozy chat. Wherever you are on this journey, right now, in this moment in time, you are not alone. And here is Heather for this week's amazing episode. Welcome to Just Breathe. I am so happy you are all here today. Today's guest is a fan favorite um, and, and, of course, a favorite of mine as well. I am so excited to have Connor back on the show today to kick off Pride Month and to kind of catch up and catch you all up so you can hear what he's been up to. And of course, he always has lots of amazing things to share with us and uh, with all of you. So I am thrilled and grateful that you have taken time out of your day, out of your Friday to hang out with me on (laughs) online, which you all I know is very funny. Connor and I typically are you know, talking on the phone, but we are, we are doing this today, which is very funny for us. So anyway, thanks, Connor. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice (laughs) to be back and, you know, glad to chat and catch up. I know. Well, this is, this is a fun way of, of doing this. So Connor and I typically, we, we talk about once a week and, um, I'm very excited because this is actually my first time talking to Connor, um, well, at least like this in his new apartment, he just moved to a new apartment, um, moved yeah. from the East Village to Brooklyn, kind of in between Williamsburg and Bushwick, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited. I get to go actually see his new place in a couple of weeks, but right now I'm just imagining it. So <laughs> super excited that we we get a little peek here into Connor's life a week that after is. his big move. Um and finishing his junior year, which is amazing. So let's just start out with like a little update because I'm trying to think back to the last time we chatted, which has been a little while since you've been on. 
I mean, it was very yeah. COVID-y, I think. Yeah, no, I definitely, I was still at home. So I don't know if that was like last summer or like longer, but it's, yeah. it's been, it's been a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's, let's just hear a quick update about you and, and what you've, what you've been up to, what you're, what you're doing, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I guess it's been a productive year. Um, you know, I just finished, like you said, I just finished my junior year, which is very exciting. Um, got very, was very happy with the grades that I ended up with. And, um, you know, I'm getting very close to getting Latin honors, which is very exciting. Um, it's a fun thing to work forward, work towards, uh, especially given the starting point of my grades first semester. <laughs> um to where i am now is a huge improvement so that's very exciting um but outside of that uh can you share gosh. a little bit about what you're what you're majoring in and what you're doing because i don't think we've talked much about that and it's oh, very yeah, cool totally it's my fave um yeah so my major which name keeps changing but <laughs> as of right now it is interactive design and media um, and that is, I mean, I always struggle to explain necessarily what that encapsulates, but, um, or encompasses, whatever. Uh, but it's essentially just like learning all the different like mediums of create or of like design, um, digital design. Uh, so that, you know, ranges from like just basic graphic design to like 3D, 3D design and modeling um user experience design web design um i'm particularly interested in kind of like the um post-production and um kind of like film aspect of that um and that's something that i've kind of been i don't know i guess investigating a little more to see like what about it really interests me um because I mean, like the cool thing about the major is it essentially just like over the course of four years exposes you to like all the different kinds of design that you can do with your computer. Um, and so kind of just like figuring out like what sticks, what really interests me um, has been a, uh, a journey, um, <laughs> but also, you know, a very fun journey because it's been like a lot of like refining my um artistic sensibilities and my aesthetic and um yeah it's been I mean like the coolest part I think is just like I never thought of myself as like an artist or an artsy person all through high school I'd kind of just decided that I was going to be a STEM student um and eventually a computer science student and that was just fully not the right thing for me um I do not enjoy math or science so uh you know this is a fun fun change of pace where like I was actually like looking forward to my classes and like um really wanting to like put forth good effort into like my projects and stuff so it's been a really cool experience no clue but what I'm going to do with this um in the future but you know for right now it's fun so um that's yeah, a really long-winded answer, but no, that's a good answer, and it's um, it's definitely. I mean, I think that you are you're doing it the way that college should be done, right? I mean, I I love that you have you went in literally as a computer science major in the engineering school, and this major is in the engineering school, which is 
really cool. So you were able to kind of over time, like try things out and you're like, oh, this fits better. I like this better. And you've just kind of been weaving your way toward this major um and the flexibility has been there to to let you do that but you've also allowed yourself to do that instead of being like very fixed mindset like this is what I'm supposed to do right because I'm good at it and so it's this whole you know conversation of just just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you have to do that right if you don't love it then it's yeah no i mean i think like that's definitely one of the huge things that we've you know kind of learned from the pandemic is like we shouldn't be wasting our time doing shit that we don't like enjoy like life is too short to be wasting our time that was i was gonna you know anyway it's it's too short to be fucking around with like you know with math and science you know no one no one wants to be doing that um yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. But. Yeah, well, no, and I, I just was going to say you're thinking about all the projects that you've done um, and shared. You know, Connor shares all the stuff with us, and he has this super cool portfolio, and he does – I mean, he's so creative, and the stuff he comes up with, you know, he'll send to all of us, and we're all like, oh, my gosh, how did you come up with that? I mean, it is – crazy crazy stuff a little dark sometimes maybe <laughs> a little bit like oh wow um but awesome thank you right thank you so yeah. um i love yes. that and i think you know kind of the message that i love about this or one of the big messages is just kind of that um watching you really figure out your passion like what, you know, makes you want to go to school? What makes you want to get up and go to those classes? You know, what makes you get on a train and, you know, take a 20-minute subway ride to get to class, right? I mean, it's not like you're rolling out of bed and walking down the street to right. – it, it's an effort. <laughs> and um, and you make this effort and uh, because you love it and you're good at it. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah really – kind of yeah explore figure out because i mean like i mean also i mean just a little but like it's like largely been the stuff that like i don't expect to like stick or be enjoyable that i've like take gotten the most out of um like i feel like i'm definitely much more oriented towards like animation and like 2d motion design which I never would have thought I would have been into before because that's like typically something that requires like, or at least I thought requires a ton of like artistic talent, particularly like, you know, being able to like draw shit and I cannot draw to save my life. It is quite pitiful, but um, <laughs> kind of like figuring out how to use all these like different types of online tools and, or not online tools, but like, you know, digital tools um, to articulate my kind of thoughts is very cool so yeah anyway yeah it's very fun so. very very fun yeah well and alongside this he's all you've also you know figured out how to you know navigate living in a big city right sort of, kind of yeah i mean you know to a to a very baseline extent yes i am you know functioning well you should give yourself a, a little more credit than that 
Um, you know, Connor has discovered the joys of Trader Joe's, which for oh my gosh, you know, yes. Um, <laughs> You you all know whoever has Trader Joe's near them near them knows how much uh, how great Trader Joe's is. So, oh, it's um, truly, yeah, a treat. Right. I mean, it, it just. Is. I mean, it takes so much of the effort out of like having to grocery shop too, because I'm not trying to like prepare meals for myself most of the time. I mean, ninety nine percent of the time. So, like having some like actually high quality like frozen thing i can just pop in the oven or whatever is life-changing so yeah <laughs> kind of that's is. actually definitely the worst part about this new apartment is that there's no uh trader joe's within walking distance so you're gonna have to you know adapt to the circumstances but uh yeah, you're gonna have to get like your grocery yeah. bags you know and know what fits in like two grocery bags like your oh yeah you know, reusables yeah if my like body bag that I put all my groceries in um but <laughs> taking that in the subway is going to be far less pleasurable so yeah. but anyway mm -hmm. I will I will adapt and overcome um yeah but you will you'll anyway you'll be good I digress yes so um switching gears just a little yes. bit um and you know as as Connor and I were kind of thinking about this episode we we came up with a couple of things that we thought might be interesting for um, for you to hear and to to learn about um, as far as you know Connor's perspective and my perspective. But one of the things that we were talking about is kind of what you know as he's moved from high school and everything that he was you know learning and going through and dealing with in high school and moved into this college phase and living away from home and living in New York City. Um, how has that changed kind of what you want or need from dad and me now as opposed to what you wanted and needed then? That's a good question. Um, I mean, like, I think In high school, I mean, I will say, like, I just was obviously far more dependent on um, you guys for, I mean, you know, everything. I'm Not that I'm, like, you know, that much more independent now. I mean, I guess I am. But, um, you know, in high school, it was definitely, like, I needed kind of a, what's the word? A helping hand, a guiding, kind of pointing me in the right direction sort of thing um, to kind of stay on track. Um uh, yeah and I mean like also yeah it's kind of like I mean you really did kind of find all the resources for me and you know you're the one that got me set up with therapy I mean granted you got me set up with therapy here so I can't really say that <laughs> that's much different but um you know in fact it was just I guess like you know it's all just to say like it was definitely a much more hands-on experience um, I mean, you now. get it's... yourself to therapy now, right? Like you hold yourself yeah. accountable to whether it's in person or virtual. That's right. on you. Right. right. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I mean, it's like it is. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's different in that like, I am much more accountable to myself. But um, in terms of, you know, kind of establishing that relationship, you were the one that uh, found my lovely therapist um, who I've now had for like three years. So or two years, something like that. 
Um, I mean, you know, with the pandemic, it's just been kind of a blur. So (laughs) who's really to say? Um, But sorry, I'm trying to think of like something a little more profound than just the fact that like, yeah, you guys are like, now you guys are not physically present. And like, there's a lot more that like, you know, just like, a part of I guess you know becoming an adult and becoming my own person and like learning how to be self-sufficient um it it, it's definitely changed our relationship and like I mean definitely in like a very good way I think it's now it's much less of like a dependent relationship I mean it's still like you know parent-child but like I think it's far more like for me at least it just feels like you guys like see me as like more of an equal or more of like you know, just like a well-rounded adult. Um, whereas before it was obviously much more, I think just like, you know, understandable worry and um, at the very least, you know, just like concerned that like <laughs> wasn't going to fall off the, the uh, whatever again. Um, so, you know, now that it's like, you know, again, knock on wood, but like now that it's, you know, a couple of years of relatively steady um independent living and relatively successful living i think like um it's just like it is much more like amicable relationship um you know like dad was here last weekend and it was just like you know very pleasant you know like being able to talk not that i actually care about business but like you know asking him how business is going and like how's the company and like he feels fully like you know (laughs) is more than thrilled to talk about you know all these business things and that's like really sweet and you know like we got like drinks together and we're just like in the neighborhood that's some like cute little neighborhood bar and like just like you know people watching and it was just like i don't know it again very very long drawn out answer just to say that like you know it is much more um i don't know it's just like i i guess i do i just see it as a much more positive relationship now not that it was ever like a negative relationship but it's just like it I, it doesn't feel like I'm like, yeah. it's not the like worry of like, oh, what if mom and dad going to think of me, you know, doing X or Y. It's kind of more like I can come to you guys when I need assistance um, or advice, but it's not like I'm necessarily accountable to you guys. Right. Well, I think I say, oh, that's a really great way of saying it because I think you are, you know, <laughs> from my perspective um i've just seen your confidence blossom and um you know every time that you like proved yourself like i've got this oh my gosh i can i can do this like it's just like another layer of confidence for you so um you're now accountable to yourself which is i think a really huge growth piece and being able to recognize that right um and just kind of making that shift to like realizing I can, I could totally do this. Like I, I've got this and I know if I need anything or if I just want to chat or if I, you know, whatever it is, like we're right there. We're a phone call away, right? right. We're a two hour plane trip away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is like that. Like it's become more of, like you said, like this, the relationship has shifted, but 
from my perspective, um, it's shifted to, you know, it's, it's lovely. I mean, it's one of my most favorite things in the world. So, um, I'm obviously, you know, I'm a mom and I'm biased, but I just, I think for me, I get such joy from, you know, as you talk about things and you share different things and just seeing your growth has been extraordinary. So I think I threw that question in there because I was just curious, you know, what you, how you saw all of that, because yeah. obviously it's going to be different the way you see right. it as opposed to the way I see it. So, yeah. We're on a pretty similar page, though. Yeah. Well, you know, so. I think as you, like, you know, kind of pull yourself, you know, as you establish yourself as an adult, right? Right. Um, and not a dependent child, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. And so, um, you know, like, with everything that you've done, you are very aware as you do things. Um, so... You're very welcome. Um, you mentioned therapy, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you about that because yes. I, uh, you know, as as you know, that's one of my favorite subjects. Mm, I'm familiar, <laughs> yes. Um, but you now have a therapist who you love and who you connect with and. Um, just have a good relationship with, I should say, and um, good communication with. Um, and that has not always been the case. Um, yes. And so I just would love to know, I wonder if you could share kind of, um, I mean, we, you've shared and we've shared a lot of kind of the beginning ups and downs with therapy. But as you've kind right. of moved into this now two plus year um, relationship with your current therapist, how has that kind of changed the way you've thought about therapy and where it fits in your life? And, um, and then kind of the second part of that question is where that fits with the coming out process. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I guess, so the first part was just like where I'm at with therapy now. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like the most notable change is just like the, <laughs> the subject matter of the therapy. Like, I feel like, I mean, it definitely was like, you know, up until like a year ago, it was kind of just like crisis therapy um, coming into session with like, you know, X problem, Y problem, Z problem, you know, this is fucked up. This is the worst. This is whatever. Um and like definitely very just like I don't know how to describe it, just like very kind of early early stages of therapy. Like I definitely didn't really know how to like I mean I was like self aware, but like being a teenager and like having a very like delusional confidence and delusional um you know, feeling like I, you know, have, have got it all figured out. Um, so it was a lot of like, I guess, kind of unlearning and relearning um, for the first portion of therapy, however many years that was, I mean, probably four years, but um, 
you know, now it's definitely moved into a zone of like, I guess it's just kind of most akin to like, you know, it's just basic self-care. Like, yeah, I have it once a week. It's a 45, 50 minute session. Um, and it's really just like, I mean, it, it in a lot of ways has become kind of mundane, but like, that's also kind of a good thing. Like, it's really just like, I kind of talk about my week and if anything came up, kind of talk about that or like, you know, anything that's like on my mind to talk about. But like, it is definitely like, very different like in tone it's not as much of me like coming to session being like how do I fix this I mean it's like it still is but it's like now is much more I don't know I guess there's just like a much higher level of self-awareness and like kind of like what can be fixed with therapy or like how do I address this in like a therapeutic context um whereas before it was kind of like before meaning like, you know, when I was just starting therapy in the first couple of years of therapy, like it was much more uh, just kind of unfamiliar with how it, it, it works and how to kind of, you know, like navigate it. Right. Yeah. 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 What would be your, you know, kind of knowing what you know now, what would be your advice to like your 16 year old self? Right. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're just coming out, you're in that place. What would be your advice? I mean, and not just about therapy, but just kind of in general, like just considering, and you used the word delusional earlier. And I really, I, that's so like developmentally appropriate to think that, you know, everything at that right. age, like that's just kind of part of being yeah. a high school kid. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, but what would be your, like now kind of knowing what you know, having been through what you've been through? I mean, I guess just like, I guess this is like, I don't know. I guess this advice kind of applies more so to like, you know, I was very fortunate to have like queer therapists or at least people that were like very familiar with that, I don't know, realm. Um but like truly just like, you know, these people are trained professionals, like when with rest therapy, like these people like by generally these people know what they're talking about. And like, you know, if they're bringing something to your attention or like saying you should try this, like there's definitely a reason for this. Like, I don't know, I guess it's like, a, it's a generic piece of advice to be like, yeah, just have an open mind. But like, truly that's like. <sighs> Did you find that it took you like a while to trust were you, or were you just like, and not even yeah. trust, but like, where you were just like, I don't need this. I don't want this. Why am I here? Like, was that kind of your initial? Yeah. I mean, I, like I mean, there was like, obviously a level of like, I mean, by the time like that was starting therapy, like it was like, I knew that I needed it to an extent. Um, it was just like, I was not inclined to, um, actually like you know give a fuck about it um i think it's especially with like my first therapist my first couple therapists like it was very like i kind of just gave a very edited version of the truth um that was like convenient for me at the time because there was also this level of like oh like if i say something that's like too extreme and they're going to tell my parents and then that's like a whole other issue so like i have to kind of just like edit it down to like the you know family friendly version of what's going on um 
And so I guess on that note, there <laughs> don't lie to your therapist because <laughs> a it's like you're wasting you're, you're wasting your time because like then they're just going to be giving you this like advice that's entirely un, like re- irrelevant to like your situation because they think that you're like in this entirely other scenario than like the scenario you're in um i guess that's like more specific to like when you're in like you know crisis mode but like yeah i guess just like it's corny but it's like it works if you work it like you gotta just like really embrace it I don't know because like I think that's really good that's thank you yeah because I I I don't yeah it's 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 hard to say because it's like it is like I totally you know I, I get like no one I mean, especially, yeah, especially as a teenager, like, no one's, like, dying to, like, see a therapist. Um, (laughs) Especially if you've never, like, been to therapy before. Um, Like, not knowing what to expect and, like, kind of, like, getting used to that dynamic is kind of jarring. Um, But, yeah, just, like, going, like, being receptive to it because, like, you know, I don't know. Sorry, it's a very piecemeal... uh, advice no I think that that's I I I think that's really it's spot on I mean it's it's where you were it's where you are and I think there's this piece of to um you know it's complicated and right it was a you know like we always say like being being a teenager is hard enough right it's complicated enough and then you know Yes, there are many awesome things about coming out as a teenager, but it, it also complicates things in a lot of ways, right? So this is just like one piece of that where you're just adding another layer of well, how do I navigate this? Because I'm trying to navigate this. And now there's like 12 other things I have to navigate too. Right. And um, just, you know, trying to figure that out. And then on the parent side, like, we're trying to figure it out, trying to figure right. out how to support you, right? And what do you what do you really need? What role do you think that when you are so comfortable in your own skin now and 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 you're, you know, that's something that you've worked really hard on, really, really hard on to just um, you know, and obviously that's something that, you know, you'll work on your whole life, right? I mean, we all do. That's just a piece of like just being a human being. But that's been one of the, you know, more fun things for me to watch is to watch this like slow, like, oh, I really like this about myself. And this is kind of cool. And I'm just going to be me, right? And, And obviously that's, you know, something that ebbs and flows again, because that's just being human. Um, But what, you know, now that you're like leaning into that more and more, what about that just kind of makes you most happy, like makes you or most calm or. Um... Yeah, that's a very great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess like <laughs> first it's very important because like it totally ebbs and flows like it is definitely like, you know, 
and it's also I think like a very like situational thing like you know I definitely see myself as like you know the way that I my self-image I think is like you know maybe the most ground level of the you know self-confidence like I, it's definitely like you know it's transition from this place of like oh I hate myself to like oh you know like I, I love myself I see like the validity and like who I am and etc but there's still definitely the like you know the point now where it's like okay well like my I don't know how to put it but like my my confidence in being perceived by others um which is like I guess kind of hard to describe it's just like you know I've definitely kind of found myself especially recently like um in social situations almost any social situations it still is like an extreme amount of effort for me to like be in those situations and like remain i don't have confidence the right word but just like not like reverting to like this like very self-conscious um negative place because uh, i think like that's been the biggest transition is like, you know, kind of being able to avoid getting into that headspace of, um, you know, like you're not wanted here, you're not worth it, you're not whatever, like just like the, you know, the negative self-talk um, has become far less a part of the equation. Um, and I just realized I kind of went on a tangent. Uh, what, no, I think that's, that's all. It's <laughs> what very real, Connor. Like, I mean, that's what people want to, you know, that's what it's you being real. Right. So I yeah. think that that's important. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, but I will say, you know, like just in terms of like general, like self-confidence, like self-image, uh, like I said, like has definitely been better. Like there's just... Uh, I will say like the pandemic and I know this is true for a lot of people but, like that definitely like was a huge setback to like just like my confidence in the sense of like you know being out in public and being perceived by other people like I don't know like it was just something that like made me incredibly anxious like I just didn't want that and so it's been like a you know over the past whatever year year and a half it's been a lot of like kind of rebuilding and rediscovering, like, how can I, you know, how do I, you know, just like approach the most basic things, like being in public, going grocery shopping, going on the subway, you know, going to class, going out with friends, like, how can I do these things in a way that, um, I don't know, just being like, gentle with myself um like staying connected so, to you yeah yeah definitely just being in touch yeah with like being in touch with myself and like also i don't know i i guess it's just kind of like yeah like just like exposure therapy if that makes sense like it is mm. kind of just like and it is like, I mean, I will say this is like very, I mean, not that it's like very unique to me as in no one else experiences. Like everyone experiences this to some extent and like with their own things, you know, like mine in this case right now is like, you know, just like 
being social in any capacity, connecting with other human beings, being around other human beings, I think at like a most basic level. Like that's my 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 new frontier of things that I'm struggling with. Um, oversharing with the internet right now. But uh like I don't know. I just like it 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 it's it it just takes practice and like, I don't know. Do you think that it's been harder to, I mean, the, you know, the pandemic has hit, um, I mean, obviously it's affected everybody in some way. Right. But I, I feel like, especially for, um, you know, adolescents, teenagers, young adults, because you are all in such a, a, a stage of development and change and transition anyway, and so adding this kind of on top of it has had a huge effect on mm-hmm. on all of you, right? And and you've all kind of, now that we're coming out of this, are now having this kind of re-entry, right? And yeah. so it's like a, a re-entry struggle to a degree, but it affects, you know, the way it is affecting you is it's affecting, you know, your sisters and your brother in a totally different way. And right every other kid out there in a a totally different way or young adult in a totally different way. And so, you know, I think there's a huge amount of validation that needs to go with this and that, Mm -hmm. um, this is sadly, I think part of this whole process and it's something that we're all unfamiliar with, right? How do you navigate something like this and, um, and navigate it and, at a time where you're, you've changed in a million different ways since the pandemic started. Yeah, just in the sense that you're Mostly two and a half all years for older. The better, thank God. Well, right. for absolutely, but I mean, just in the sense of like, you know, your your age is different. Where you know where you are in college is, you know, as far as like, right. uh, you're learning and what you're developing, and you know, all these different pieces. Whereas I'm, you know, for me as an adult, like it's very different, right? Right. That's, like, right. that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make is that sure. it's like amplified for you and for your, you know, your generation. Um, and then I'm, I guess I'm just curious kind of on, on top of that, you're also navigating like how to be social, how to connect with, you know, your authentic self, right? So I think that's kind of the, the, I guess my thoughts and my question to you is like, is that something that you feels like much bigger? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that's a very good point. Like it is like uh, this, you know, Gen Z, I guess, generally speaking, um, I mean, like everyone, you know, has like experienced some form of trauma from the pandemic, but like, I think there's like a very, you know, out of Gen Z being in a very like pivotal, wow, pivotal time, uh, just like in your life, you know, being a teenager and kind of like learning how to interact with the world and like socialize at a very basic level um, that, you know, of course was (laughs) entirely cut off at the knees um, as soon as the pandemic hit. Um, So I think yeah it's just like a very isolating experience for everyone but then you know on top of 
you know, a coming out experience, which can be a very isolating experience on its own. Like it's just like that much more difficult. Um, but I guess also at the same time, like being in that kind of like heavy pandemic phase where it's like you know, the only connection you really get is like, you know, through the internet, that's already like, you know, people can find a lot of community and uh, belonging on the internet. And so I think like that, I can't, <laughs> I, you know, making broad generalizations, but like, you know, I think the internet, especially recently has become a place of Actually, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that thought wasn't very well developed. So it's just like, <laughs> it's <laughs> rambling, but you know, I like it, it's being around, you know, teenager, early twenties, whatever, being gay, being at the early, earlier part of your coming out process, you know, and it, 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 it just, you know, it's just like adding on to the already, very uh, chaotic experience. What is already a chaotic experience is that much more chaotic experience, and perhaps even more of a even more individual experience. Right. Um, so anyway, do you think that having again, um, no, no, no? That was I think very good because there were there were very good thoughts. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, and this is like a total off the cuff question, but I think as parents, we're very much like uh, hypersensitive to the effect of the internet and social media and all, you know, knowing what is out there, right? Or being very afraid of what is out there. And, um, just thinking about, you know, kind of how you, how you just stated that there are actually positive parts, right? There, there are things that are, um, there is good that has come from having the internet and having social media, uh, especially these past two, two years, right? Um, what would be your, as we kind of look at the whole, as a, like a big picture thing, but two kids who are coming out who are, you know, high school, college, young adult. So like that, that age group, right? Not the really young ones, uh, you know, middle school, which is right. a totally different kind of ball game, right? right. Um, of what we would, of what we would recommend. Um, but as far as, you know, what would you say, like, yes, you can find community there. What are things that you would recommend as far as like, not even necessarily where to look, but like kind of what to look for and what to be aware of. So you don't have to go into like, I mean, unless you want to offer very specific things, you can, but otherwise just kind of like a general, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess like just, yeah, as a very general, like I would say the way that I use and consume the internet and social media and things of the like, it's definitely much more passive. Um, I don't really, I, yeah, I don't find any joy in like contributing to it, if that makes sense. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm uh, not posting stuff on TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, but I do enjoy, you know, scrolling through and kind of taking in the content of others. 
And, you know, especially now, like all of these particularly social media apps are so like the algorithm is so tailored to you and like, you know, because they have all of your personal information, they, you know, you get a very well tailored algorithm uh, or like, you know, feed of like stuff. And so that's all just to say, like, for me, especially now, like, it's like, I have a very queer uh, centric um, feed on like all of the, you know, social media that I use, like, I, you know, follow queer creators and follow, you know, like people, drag queens, you know, like stuff like, it's like two examples, but like, you know, just like in people that like, you know, I like what they have to say. And I know this is kind of common sense, but like, just like, with the internet, you can entirely like insulate yourself from like all the other gross, like hate and nastiness, like, and kind of just live in like, in my case, you know, just live in like a queer little bubble. Um, like my little like niche part of the internet is like queer. And that I okay. think I just, I'm going to stop very... you right there for a second, because I think that's a really, really important thing that as parents, that is something that we're very afraid of, right? That's something that, I mean, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think that um, there, there are many out there who would agree that one one thing that we definitely think about is, oh my gosh, you know, is there all this hate that's coming at my child? Or are they just going to trip into, um, you know, something where, oh my, you know, they're not aware of what's going on or it's you know, they could be preyed upon or, I mean, and I'm obviously speaking in like huge generalizations here, but I think these are like big fears, right? So for you to say that is really a, a great piece of information. And I think very calming, um, for both parent and, you know, teenage or young adult. Yeah, I mean, and I will say it's like to that end, uh, you know, like, you know, I could definitely understand the worry of like, you know, as, you know, as of a parent, you know, like worrying about like, you know, are people saying shit about my kid online, you know, and like, maybe not that specifically, but like, you know, I think that for me is definitely like one of the reasons why I don't, I choose not to post very often. Like I, you know, I have an Instagram and I post on my Instagram every once in a while, but like, that's still like very much like a much more personal thing um, versus posting stuff on Twitter or TikTok or whatever. Um, I don't do that because I feel like it just sets you up for, you know, getting, receiving hate because people on the internet, like the internet's a great thing, but it's also like, can be a very nasty and hateful thing. Um, And, you know, obviously it's like, you know, people can choose to do what they want, but like, for me, it's just like, I'm avoiding it entirely because like, while it would be nice, you know, to maybe get like the validation of like attention and exposure, it's not worth the potential, like, you know, hate and negativity. Right. So, well, I think anyway. that's a really, um, it's a lovely piece of your self-care um, yeah. and and also self-discipline um, that um, I know both you and Isabel go through times where you just completely get rid of Instagram altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then you'll hop back on after a while, but kind of taking that like break, like, 
okay, I need a break right now from this. And, um, but then, you know, it's the whole like knowing yourself and being comfortable enough. And I think this goes back to like being comfortable enough in your skin and maybe you don't, you don't give yourself enough credit for this that you're like, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't define me. Um, it's, it's fun to look at. It's fun to, you know, to, you know, you pick up bits of information, right? Right. Um, you connect in, in a way that you want to connect. Like you've very much taken control of how you navigate the internet and social media, which is cool. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I just think, you know, it's kind of, it's such an interesting thought on that. So um, that kind of goes into um, just thinking about, you know, if we talked, talked a little bit about um, just like the fears and the challenges of, of the internet and social media, but do you have like any trepidation or concerns um, or fears, flat out fears, um, you know, kind of specific to where you are right now um, in your experience and in your life and kind of at the same time for the LGBTQ community, like the greater community? What are, as a gay man, what are your concerns? Because they're going to be different than what mine are as the mom of a gay man, right? Um, so. Like, concerns, I guess, yeah. I, like, when you think about the community, when you think about, like, where we kind of are, and I know this could obviously go in a lot of different directions. Um, so I asked this kind of with... Um, you know, we could spend a couple hours just talking about like very specific right. concerns here, but yeah, I think my question is more Generally like, speaking. is that something that kind of enters your thoughts on a daily basis? Like, gosh, this, this really concerns me about me and then about mm-hmm. my community. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah totally. Is that a clear question? Um, Sorry. I'm not yeah, asking that. Right no, 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 no. That, that, that was a good clarification. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, so obviously, again, it's like, this should all be taken very much with a grain of salt, because mine is just one opinion, and I am coming from a place of, you know, a very specific perspective. Um, but I will say, like, you know, as I've continued to come out and continue to grow and learn and change, etc., um, you know, where I used to kind of view my queerness as... A, a very central component to my existence, but like B, also something that was like kind of entirely separate from the other aspects of who I was or am. Um, You know, like that's a part of my identity for sure, but like a a separate portion. Um, And I think that over time has kind of transitioned into like, like that's just, you know, that's not how... it's not how I work. That's not really, I don't know. It's just not how it works. Like you can't really like have things in like these neat, like little categories. And so now it's kind of just like, you know, being queer is just like, it's a part of who I am, but it's like, it's just like every little facet of who I am. I mean, not every, but like 
it's just like it's it's my perspective it's where i'm coming from not necessarily like a separate component of who i am i know it's kind of like meta and hard to like i don't know just like put into like a clearly defined thing but oh um, i think that could not have been more clear you actually like literally like that is that is crystal clear okay well thank you yeah thank you um but yeah, I mean, and it's like, I also, again, like I do have a privilege in spades, but like particularly in like living in New York and living someplace very urban and very um, open and queer and just like, you know, it's very accepting of like embracing of um, queer people. And so like, again, like that's part of like why I kind of like, it can just be a part of like my day-to-day -day existence and stuff. Um, but I have, you know, like, especially like, you know, when I leave New York, I realize how lucky and how truly rare it is to like have that kind of experience of like, you know, I can walk out in the street where wearing whatever the fuck I want and like no one will, you know, give it a second thought. Um, whereas, you know, quite unfortunately, in a lot of other places, that's still not the case. And like, you know, people don't have the same, you know, luxury of being able to like, you know, really uh, um, outwardly express, you know, just authentically express um, their queerness and you know, who they are. Um, and, you know, I think that is something that's like very scary for a lot of people today because, and again, I'm gonna try to avoid getting too like preachy or meta on this, but it's just like, you know, in a time where particularly our government and like the, those in power, um, are doing everything they can to kind of like silence and prevent otherness and prevent autonomy and prevent, you know, for any minority group, um, you know, like we've seen with Roe v. Wade and, you know, what else is to come. Um, anyway, not to take it too far down that direction, because obviously we could talk about that for a while, but... <laughs> it's 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 complicated well it is but i think so, that that's yeah. important i mean that's i know that was a tough question to ask and ask you to give like a general answer to so i apologize for for that okay. um but i in the same no i i also felt like it was an important question to ask because i think that's important yeah. it's important to discuss to a certain degree and um, to kind of, I want, you know, as, you know, everyone who's listening to feel like this, like this is okay to have these conversations, right? Like, right. you know, it, it is okay to discuss these things and it's okay to feel, you know, whatever your feelings are right. and, and to feel validated in having whatever those feelings are right so that's kind of why i wanted you to touch on it just a little bit because um i think that you know again you do come from a very um you know it's it's a unique perspective you know living in new york city now coming from the suburbs of chicago um and having right. visited a lot of places in the country like you have seen a lot of different communities so kind of being able to speak from that perspective of you know, being aware of your, 
of your privilege right now. Um, and that that is, gosh, we're lucky, right? And that's, you know, I've said right. to so many people, like, I feel safer with Connor in New York City than, I, frankly, I would with you, in, you know, living in the city of Chicago <laughs> right now, right? right? Which is a crazy statement to make. But um, so that's just, it's one of those, it's just one of those things. Um, so that kind of actually like goes right into... Uh, the last, the last thing that I wanted to talk about with you today, because we, we're already hitting an hour, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, It'll be fun to edit down. I know. Um, but so Connor wrote, um, and correct me if I'm wrong about how I how I name this class. Um, one of Connor's classes that he had to take for this last semester it was a it required he for his major for the engineering program it's required that you take a writing intensive course correct yeah so you took this course that um was okay i forget the name of it. it was about the aids epidemic but it yeah i mean yeah it was essentially like the focus was on the aids epidemic but it was kind of like using the aids epidemic as a lens to examine kind of like I don't know, just like larger themes in um, our culture and the way that we view progress. Um, so, yeah. Okay. It's very interesting. So Connor's final paper for this class, uh, I just got to read this week. And oh my gosh. I mean, Connor's <laughs> a very, very gifted writer anyway. Um, and I, I do always love to read what he writes because it's, you know – it's a unique perspective and it's, it's always very well thought out and very well written, which um, you all know that I'm, I'm big on being the grammar nerd and um, my kids <laughs> all have always made fun of me because I do always read their papers with a red pen. Um, it's weird, but anyway, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, useful. It's, use, it's useful. Yes. There's something about that. But anyway, um, this paper, not only is it so extraordinary um, from a technical viewpoint, I learned so much. And I learned, so Connor wrote his paper on Tama Fendlin, which I don't, you know, some of you may know who he was um, as a, uh, a queer artist and a a queer erotic artist. I had no idea who he was. So I was very like, this was a huge learning thing for me to be like, oh, wow, this fascinating. I mean, it's just like one more person where you're like, oh my gosh, the life that, that he lived and the path that he paved in a very, you know, small part of, of the world, yeah. right. Of, of life. And so I found his whole story to be fascinating in and of itself. But what you wrapped in this was this whole discussion about rainbow capitalism, which, you know, you and Isabel and Grace have all, you know, talked about. And I've, you know, dad and I have both been like, hmm, like what, what is this exactly? Like, I mean, I've, you know, you hear it and you kind of get the general gist of what it is. <laughs> right. Right. But not until reading this paper did I have that like aha moment of, oh, this is why it's kind of used with negative connotation, 
Because the initial, like, if you just say it, it, it's kind of neutral, right? Like, it's just describing. Right, right, right. But in reading this, I was like, oh, now I really understand why this is, um, I mean, you use the word insidious, which is a very strong word, Um, but I I think well used. So I could quote, um, but I can either quote or I'll, I'll give you the option. I can either quote your paper or you can, you can share with us kind of your, your thoughts on this because I found it to be very educational. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I can talk a little bit about it, but I know that you had found a, a good quote and I'm sure that, you know, anything I say will be much better articulated through what I've written. So, and I guess I can, you know, kind of just at, at, a, at a base level kind of touch on um, that. But yeah, first of all, thank you. I'm, glad, I'm you know, always very grateful that you read and give very supportive feedback on um, work I do. Um, but yeah, it, 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 you know, kind of started out as like my fascination with Tama Finland, who's like, you know, essentially just like a very explicit pornographic artist, um, you know, who, uh, is particularly, I don't want to say inspirational, but like his, his, his work, um, was particularly influential in, um, kind of creating or, or giving, I don't know, it, it created kind of like a subculture within the queer community, within like the, the kink community. Um, so it's like a very like specific part of queer history, uh, Thomas and Linda's. Um, so it's like, and you know, it's like to be noted, just so people who don't know who he is, like this was like, we're talking like 40s, 50s, 60s, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, And his art was draw, drawing, right? He was a that was his, I mean, yeah. he did it with drawing, right? Like he did, yeah, like charcoal drawings. Charcoal, yes. Um, okay. So just to give context of what kind of art we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like a little more like, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I would say Google him. Uh, you will, you know, check the images. You'll see some interesting stuff. Uh, but like, you know, truly like is, yeah, just a very talented um, illustrator. Illustrator. Um, yeah. And, you know, his work you know, kind of evolved over time. And like, as you know, uh, laws, censorship and pornography distribution laws kind of changed, like he, you know, was kind of more mainstreamed. Um, But anyway, like, I guess, like, the point that I focused on the paper was kind of like, you know, going from when he was alive, he passed in like the 90s, um, kind of like, I mean, you know, more towards, I don't know, I don't want to say the middle of the AIDS epidemic, but, you know, like a decade or so, decade and a half after it started. Um, but it, the kind of like, I was focusing more on like the postmortem kind of thing that he gained, um, which was this very inauthentic um, kind of bastardization of his work that, you know, the whole, you know, premise of like rainbow capitalism for those who don't know is that it's essentially just like, you know, now that queer people are seen as, you know, productive members of society, like members of society, um, 
they are now like a a, a a target market because you know they most of the time you know they have more disposable income less kids you know most of them don't have kids um i don't say most but like you know a larger percentage yeah so anyway it's like you know so it's like they're just seen as like a much more viable market to like you know um advertise to um and so like some like really clear examples are you know one that are most cited or like if you go to a pride parade today that's one of the sad things is like i never got to experience like an authentic pride and that's like you know because like now when you go to a pride parade um and for those of you who've been you know i'm sure you've experienced this but like a predominant amount of like the floats and the stuff that are coming through are, you know, advertisements for, you know, people running for mayor, uh, you know, Chase Bank, uh, you know, JP Morgan, like, you know, things, groups that have no business being there and have no general, like actual, you know, desire to engage with or to support the LGBTQ plus community. Um, you know, it's strictly just like an, is another money grab for them. Um, another example being like, if you look, you know, during the month of June, Pride Month, um, all these companies will now, you know, the, they'll change their logos, they'll change their slogans to be um, rainbow and like rainbow adjacent. But, you know, come July 1st, it's nothing to be seen. So it's like, you know, it's this very like, it's not actual support. It's just a cash grab. Um, so anyway, sorry, kind of long drawn out that explanation but um you know i tied it back to it's the way that they kind of like the country of finland and also um some you know the museum of modern art in los angeles um and a couple other places have kind of like they've co-opted his work and they've made it into this commercially viable thing so like you know they're taking these like explicit pornographic drawings um which holds extreme like cultural value to you know queer communities and they've turned them into um fucking like postage stamps and uh bags of coffee and beach towels and stuff that are like you know they're sold at like the fucking supermarket in finland and um you know mind you it's like it's not just that it's like they've taken the drawings it's like they've taken the drawings and they've taken out all of the like the pornographic elements and these like the 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 overtly sexual um themes from it so it's like it's just like this you know so i say like bastardized version of his work uh of tom finland's work and you know the the overall significance of it is like it's not to say that like you know this is the the, the worst thing that's ever happened it's just to like highlight the fact that like this is something that's very common and like I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just like, you know, rainbow capitalism sucks. Businesses suck. And. Uh, well, I think it's just a great <laughs> statement on like being aware, right? Like yes, the awareness yes. of, and it's the awareness of the intention um, and, and yeah. the meaning behind, behind different actions. Right. Because, yeah. um, you know, another, another word that, you know, I, I think we're all starting to hear a lot of is performative, right? And, yes. and really understanding what that means. Um, and I think especially, you know, for, for my generation, right? So we, right. as, you know, Gen Xers are trying to understand, like, what does this mean? And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, 
many of us come from this place of like we we want to do the right thing. We we want to be we are supportive. We are you right. know full of love and care, but doing it in a way that you know. So what does that mean exactly? What does right. that look like? And so I think this is such a great example of um, this. So here's this. This is just one like one sentence from your paper. But I thought this was yeah. like this just so hit home for me because it like really explained so much. So you said um, celebration of queerness in the public arena aren't for the benefit of queer people. They are performative measures designed for heterosexual people to feel cultured and accepting ouch but wow <laughs> right. and and good no, I right i mean and and i know that wasn't you know that was like such a great way of explaining this and for me i was like the clarity that came from that i was like ah i mean and first yeah. of all i know i know that's not toward me at all but <laughs> right, like right. it helped me like really understand and and i wanted to share that too um just because I think a lot of this, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't understand it exactly. And I don't, am I doing that? Like, right. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And um, so I just, I'm grateful to you for being able to articulate that in a way that just makes this very clear. And, and that is not to say that, you know, any um, celebration by a, a company or a, a, heterosexual cisgendered person is is not genuine and not supportive right there are like a million examples of those that are this right. is simply pointing out those that aren't and it feels right. kind of icky so when you you know when you are watching things and you're like this feels kind of icky but i don't know why it feels icky this is why it feels icky Right. right. It's it's right. disingenuous yeah. and it's you know taking advantage of and you know it this this is like another example right of just of this happening yeah um, exactly it's not something that's like unique to the you know lgbtq community it's like any minority group right you know? so i just think it's something i i appreciate the fact that you were able to name it right you were able to articulate it and to share it in a way that um you know it's just a piece of of awareness of education um so that everyone can be like, oh, okay, this is what I'm looking at. This is right. It's kind of a guiding, yeah, a, a good guide, right? Yeah, just like you know, yeah, it's like it's it's bottom line, you know, it's like it, it just like you know, increasing like your awareness in general of these things and like how these like systems work and like you know, it's been an incredible learning experience for me too. So like. I don't know. I just think like it is like it's like a lesson that like can be applied to you know just truly like any any group, any minority group, any like, you know, cuz there are just so many issues that are like happening in our world today to like all these different groups of people. And so it's like, you know, just kind of like how can we best how can I be of most support, service, whatever? to this issue and like you know at the bottom line is just like being self-aware of you know how you're engaging with that group how you're not engaging with that group um but yeah 
Okay, beautifully stated. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, really. <laughs> I'm just Thank so you. proud. And Thank you. You're my kid. <laughs> I just oh. I just feel so lucky and I feel so this is such a there are times where it's like almost surreal because I'm like, this is like, you know, how lucky are we that we get to have these cool conversations, yeah. right? And um and I appreciate you doing this you know, recorded and, and videoed. <laughs> So yeah, thank God I you know, showered. Other people can can learn from you, and um, and I just I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Likewise. So thank you. Of course, I will say you've become quite the astute interviewer. Have, have my skills this. improved? <laughs> yeah, it's not to say that they were like, you know, bad before, but like, it's just, it's, you know, it's a very, it's a very comprehensive understanding of how to keep the conversation going. So oh. kudos to you. Well, thank um, you. Thank you, darling. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. I've been studying, uh, you know, listening, listening to how others do things and studying yeah. and learning. And, you know, as I've done this whole thing is like learned by my mistakes all along so yeah you've had a lot of practice i've had I've, i have had a little bit of practice for sure <laughs> yes um i guess that tends to be the way i do things I, I jump in and then i learn as i go right right yes 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 <laughs> little free fall so yes oh my gosh well is there anything that you would like to share or add or Anything before we before we wrap up today? Um, no, I mean, I just I guess you know, I'm grateful for you having me on and expressing genuine interest about this stuff because I know it is a lot of just me like talking about myself. I'm glad that like other people can find you know take I don't know connect to something I say. It is it's cool. It's nice. It feels good and. Uh, yeah yeah all right well thank you thank you thank you thank you my darling of and what an awesome way to kick off pride the official yes. celebration of pride right yes so, awesome awesome happy pride everyone thanks so much for joining heather today remember to just breathe Take a few minutes every day to calm and center yourself. Reach out anytime with ideas, questions, or feedback. Please rate and review Just Breathe on your favorite platform. Subscribe to Heather's website, www.chrysalismama.com, to receive her monthly newsletter and stay informed. Join the private Just Breathe Facebook community to chat with other parents and allies. And share with anyone who needs to know that they are not alone. Does the thought of using pronouns respectfully or understanding certain terms in conversation make your palms sweat a little? No one likes that deer in headlights moment. So many of you have emailed me with questions on this topic, so I thought I'd put together a free guide so you can have all of this info just a click away. Pronouns Made Easy covers pronouns, of course, 
but also includes information on some of the most common confusing words and concepts, as well as a list of timely resources. Who can say no to a free lifeline, right? Just click on the link in the show notes or on the gorgeous graphic on the Chrysalis Mama homepage and a free copy of Pronouns Made Easy and a huge sigh of relief will land in your inbox.